Alright parents, welcome back to Raise Ready Kids, where month by month you master the culture building strategies you need to raise kids with the knowledge, skills, character, and purpose they need to thrive. I'm Bill Jackson, founder of Raise Ready Kids, and your host this month. So your child is in elementary school now, and it's almost certain that you're going to have some school-related issues crop up. Maybe your child will have a hard time socially, or your child's teacher will have a concern, or you'll be dissatisfied with how the school deals with a safety or learning issue. If you've been at this school for a while, maybe you've had suspicions or worries that you haven't followed up on. Is your child on track? Does your child's teacher have control of the classroom? If you haven't already, you're eventually going to need to work through issues like these with teachers and administrators. And this month's audio briefing is all about how to do that well. I've got a Raise Ready Kids strategy to help you, but first let's talk about how these situations typically play out. Sometimes when there's an issue, everything works out great. You or the teacher raise a concern, talk about it, decide on some action to take, and voila, the problem is solved and everyone is happy. But sometimes it's harder. You raise an issue and it seems like the teacher doesn't pay attention. Or they listen and try to respond, but not consistently or effectively. Or they are clearly trying and being somewhat effective, but the problem persists. These situations can easily cause friction and a breakdown of collaboration between parents and teachers. This kind of breakdown may be in the open. People are angry with each other and show it. But often, frustrations lurk in the background. Parents and teachers stop working with each other because they don't believe more effort will pay off. And this, as you already know, is not what you want. Your child, all children, benefit a lot when teachers and parents collaborate closely and effectively. You, the school, and most importantly your child, can go much further when you're working together well. I see five common reasons why collaboration breaks down between parents and schools. First. Parents or teachers fail to raise concerns, problems fester, and things eventually blow up. A parent may have a gnawing concern, but they don't raise it because they're really not sure how big of a deal it is, and they don't want to bother the teacher. On the one hand, this response makes sense. You don't want to go running to the teacher with a concern that's going to resolve itself the next day. On the other hand, if you're too slow to raise an issue, you miss out on getting important information and the problem may grow. Likewise, teachers can fail to raise issues with parents until it's too late. Sometimes teachers and schools don't tell parents that children are having serious emotional or academic problems until months or years after issues surface. It's easy to understand why parents get frustrated when this happens. Second, parents or teachers are not seeing the situation clearly or in the same way. Your child comes home and says, so-and-so hit me. It happens again the next day and your child has a bruise on their arm. You talk to the teacher who looks into the situation and concludes that your child has been part of the problem. You know your child and they would never push around other kids. This teacher is scapegoating your kid. You share your perspective with the teacher and the teacher tells you you're not seeing the whole picture, things are more complicated. You have the sense the teacher is trying to avoid taking responsibility for your child's injury, so you stop working with the teacher and collaboration breaks down. Third, you and the teacher don't agree on how to respond to a situation. 
You raise an issue, but the teacher doesn't seem to want to do anything beyond acknowledging your concern. Or vice versa, the teacher raises a concern and suggests you do something, like have your child evaluated for a learning disability, and you don't think that needs to be done. Collaboration breaks down as the disagreement festers into conflict or disengagement. Fourth, parents have unrealistic expectations. Sometimes both parties, teachers and parents, are listening and responding to each other, but the situation doesn't get better. The child is still having behavior or academic problems. The school is still struggling to manage playground culture problems. Parents are frustrated and angry that things aren't getting better faster. But the reality is that kids and culture change slowly and on their own timeline. Even the best collaborative effort does not guarantee any particular result. Parents need to be patient. Sometimes parents have expectations of schools that are not aligned with the school's values or priorities. For example, you walk into your child's classroom and see kids under their desks. What kind of school allows kids to hang out under their desks, you wonder? What is going on here? Well, what's going on here is that this school has intentionally chosen to cultivate a casual environment. Kids are under their desks reading. It's how the school is designed, but parents are upset because it's not what they remember or expect from school. The fifth and final reason I see for collaboration breakdown is that teachers are ineffective or even incompetent. It happens. Some teachers aren't good at teaching. They don't know how to deal with common challenges, and maybe nobody at that school has really ever helped them. Some teachers are downright incompetent. They don't have control over their classroom, or they don't even remotely follow through on the promises they make to parents. When this happens, parents often get angry and see no point in trying to work with teachers. So these are some of the ways things can break down between parents and schools. How do you avoid these pitfalls and build a strong, successful, collaborative relationship with your child's teachers? That's what this month's Raise Ready Kids strategy, Collabo Iterate, is all about. Collabo Iterate is a mashup of collaborate and iterate. Before we dive into exactly what it is and how it works, let's talk a bit about the role that trust plays in schools. Tony Brake, one of the nation's most celebrated education researchers, has spent many years in schools trying to understand what makes the best ones tick. Brake and his colleagues have found that there's an underlying enabling asset that underpins high-quality schools, a high level of trust among parents, teachers, and administrators. By trust, Brake means something like the quality of social relations. It's a hard word to define exactly, but I think we know it when we feel it. Think of your closest relationships. Trust involves believing that other people have good intentions, are capable, and will do the right thing even when nobody's watching. Bright and his colleagues found that trust in schools involves four core components, respect, confidence, care, and integrity. Respect means that people listen carefully and value each other's perspective. Confidence means that people believe in each other's competence. Care means that people go the extra mile to do what others need and value. And finally, integrity means that people do what they say they're going to do. In schools, Bright and his colleagues found, trust is literally created when people feel listened to, when they feel confident in others' skills, and when they experience others going out of their way to help 
and they see people doing what they say they're going to do. Trust is kind of a chicken and egg thing. Less trust means less successful social interaction, which leads to less satisfying results for kids and everybody, which leads to even less trust. More trust leads to more successful social interactions, which leads to more satisfying results, which in turn leads to even more trust. You can't build trust with words only. You can't tell people to respect or believe in each other. People have to experience that respect and belief for themselves. One successful interaction promotes trust, which in turn greases the skids for more successful interactions. People typically think that certain schools are better than others because they have better teachers, curriculum, or facilities, and of course, these things matter. But a good part of the variation in school quality can be explained by differences in the quality of social relations amongst teachers, parents, and students. Most schools have a mix of great teachers, okay teachers, and a few bad teachers. Most schools wish they had more money. But what the best schools often have that the others don't is a powerful partnership amongst all the players in the community, a trust in each other that is continually renewed as parents, teachers, and administrators consistently experience respect, confidence, care, and integrity in their interactions. Trust, Breich found, is to schools what oil is to engines. Schooling is a complex, messy project. Academic, social, and emotional growth is advanced through thousands of small interactions amongst teachers and students. Teachers work harder and more effectively when they feel trusted. Parents give more of themselves to the mission of the school when they feel trusted. For all parties, trust promotes communication, which in turn promotes mutual understanding and collaboration. Today, a big challenge for schools and other public institutions is that trust is less freely given than it used to be. Many parents today arrive at school with a pretty limited reservoir of trust. They recognize that the price of entrance to the middle class has gone up. To have opportunity, young people need more knowledge and skills than they did 30 years ago. The stakes are high. Parents want their children to be well understood, well taught, and well supported by their teachers and schools. They want to spot problems early so they can help correct them. And if you're looking for faults in a complex, messy human endeavor like schooling, they're not hard to find. Kids don't always get along. Information is imperfect. Most teachers are pretty good at teaching, but they sometimes make mistakes. Schools can be burdened by bureaucracy and slow decision-making. So if parents are disinclined to trust, it's not hard to get from modestly anxious to seriously skeptical about how things are going. And herein lies a conundrum. That critical eye that is an asset to spotting and getting on top of issues at school can simultaneously be corrosive to the effort to build trust. If parents are inclined to see problems and faults around every corner, teachers are not going to feel trusted. If teachers don't feel trusted, they're less likely to bring their A-game, and they're less likely to communicate proactively with parents. Likewise, if teachers don't value parents, don't take their concerns seriously, or don't make the effort to work with them, parents are not going to feel trusted. If parents don't feel trusted, they're more likely to see faults around every corner and less likely to make the effort to partner effectively with teachers. This is where this month's Raise Ready Kids strategy 
Collabo Iterate comes in. Collabo Iterate is an approach to parent-school communication that helps parents and educators to work through issues while simultaneously building trust. Collabo Iterate has five steps. Step one, raise concerns early and gently. Step two, listen carefully. Step three, iterate towards solutions. Step four, celebrate small wins. And step five, be patient. Let's take them one at a time, starting with step one, raise concerns early and gently. Got a concern? Raise it sooner rather than later in a gentle way with your child's teacher. Ray Ray has been telling me that school is boring. Any idea where that's coming from? It's a huge battle to get Sean to do his math homework. What should I do? Nia seems to have lost all her friends. Do you have a sense of what's going on? Jocelyn does not seem to be making progress learning to read. What are you seeing? When you don't let issues fester for a long time, it's easier to raise them gently and with curiosity. Your purpose in raising the issue is to start a conversation which, over time, will provide new information and lead to effective action. When you raise concerns, be careful not to take your child's side in a dispute or treat your child's words as the truth. We parents know this logically, but sometimes we instinctively want to protect our children so much that we forget. Whether it's true or not, assume your child is just as likely to be the source of trouble as some other kid. Also, be careful of falling into the trap of thinking your child is really that much more talented or deserving than other children. Yes, your child is special, but they are not so talented that they definitely exceed expectations in every class and that they should definitely be chosen as the lead in the school play. Step two, listen carefully. After you've raised your concern, listen carefully to what the teacher has to say. They may have a response that allays your concerns, at least for a while. The teacher might say, boring, really? Ray Ray seems really into school when I see him. He's working on an awesome art project, progressing well with reading, and he's got lots of friends. I'm surprised he says that. Parents today have a tendency to want to see their child happy and successful all the time. It's that instinct we have to protect and support our children. The problem, though, is we can be blind to what's really going on. When we hear that our child is being picked on or is not making progress, or when we hear that the classroom is chaotic, we get anxious and anxiety is not our friend when it comes to thinking clearly. Schools are complicated human places, and reality takes time to figure out. One first grader may be distressed about something that another would hardly notice. It can appear like a child isn't making progress, even feel that way to the child, when in fact the building blocks of success are being laid. When you approach your child's teacher with a problem, do so with humility. You don't have the full picture of what's going on. Neither does the teacher. Your job is to figure it out together. Now on to step three, iterate towards clarity and solutions. After you talk to the teacher, you may still have concerns. In this case, the best thing to do is to work with the teacher to iterate toward a solution. Don't try to figure out everything at once. Let's say that in response to your concern that your child is not making progress in reading, the teacher says that your daughter is progressing fine. You're still feeling uneasy. 
It's halfway through first grade, and as far as you can see, your child is reading the same books she has been reading since the beginning of the year. Perhaps further discussion and information will reveal that your child is reading much more at school than at home. Or not, but the teacher is working with your child to help them build the phonics foundation they need to progress. Some kids just take longer than others. The only way you can figure this out is to iterate toward clarity. What are you seeing at school? How are you helping her? Why aren't you worried and why shouldn't I worry? What can I do to help? The key is to listen well and to build on each other's ideas. It's likely you both have important information. The two of you will do the most good for your child when you listen closely to each other and build action plans based on both of your insights. Let's move on to step four. Recognize and appreciate even small bits of progress. Let's say you expressed concern that your daughter has lost all her friends and is unhappy coming to school. The teacher promised to look into it, and a few days later, you hear from your daughter that she was playing with a new kid at recess. Your daughter still expresses unhappiness that her old friends aren't playing with her anymore, but at least she's playing with somebody. Take time to shoot the teacher a quick email or phone call and recognize and appreciate the progress. By taking a moment to appreciate a victory, even a small one, you're giving yourself and the teacher the energy you both need for the road ahead. And finally, step five, be patient. Children develop at different paces and in uneven ways, and you never know how quickly issues are going to resolve. If you're dealing with a challenging and persistent problem, your focus should be on continually learning and making bits of progress. Collaborating effectively with teachers sometimes requires a large dose of faith in the rightness of the actions you are taking. Let's say the problem is homework. Your child hates to do the little that they are assigned, and it's a major battle. You try some things. Nothing works. Your child still hates doing homework, and it's a big battle every day. Step back and see the big picture. The fact that your child hates math homework in first grade is a sign of, well, nothing that matters in the long term. Engage your child with math in playful ways. Look for ways to help your child learn how to manage their emotions when they feel overwhelmed or believe they can't be successful. In most cases, the effort you put into understanding and supporting your child is enough, even when progress is elusive. Stay calm and look forward with confidence to the many breakthroughs your child will make in the coming months and years. So there we have it. The five steps of Collabo Iterate. One, raise concerns early and gently. Two, listen carefully. Three, iterate towards solutions. Four, celebrate small wins. And five, be patient. The beauty of Collabo Iterate is that it mitigates most of the problems we talked about at the beginning. By raising issues early, you avoid letting problems grow to the point where emotions are already strong. By approaching issues with curiosity, you avoid falling into the trap of assuming your child's version of events is true, and you leave yourself room to develop a full picture of the issue. By listening carefully and iterating towards solutions, you and the teacher can develop a common, clear-eyed view of the problem and discover the best solutions. By being patient and giving everyone credit for effort, you are aligning your expectations with the reality. Children develop at different paces, and parental confidence goes a long way. At the same time, 
Collabo Iteration builds trust, that foundational resource that enables schools to serve children well. Teachers do their best work and are better communicators when they feel trusted. Parents put in more effort to support their children and the school when they feel trusted. When you practice Collabo Iteration, you're likely to have positive experiences that build the momentum for more and even better positive experiences later. Collabo Iteration is the strategy that you and your child's teachers need to continually build your collective skill and commitment to work together for the benefit of your child and all children. Mm-hmm.